And I'm, I'm the person that's going to be like, okay, everyone we're playing never have I ever. And you know why? Because it automatically forces people to get into deep conversations. You put your fingers up. Okay. Never have I ever done heroin. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going there. We're live. Hello to all the listeners and followers out there. Welcome yet again to another episode of Sex in the Six. As always, I am with my gorgeous, talented co-host, superwoman, and best friend, Lee. Hey. (laughs) And I'm Vatan. So today, Lee, can you tell our audience what we have planned for them? So we thought it would be fun to talk to you guys about the topic. Well, it's actually a New York's Time article uh, titled The 36 Questions That Lead to Love. It's based on Mandy Len Catron's modern love essay, To Fall in Love with Anyone, Do This. And Daniel Jones has taken this and pretty much he's proposed, well, he's taken the 36 questions that are within her essay and breaks it down. And it's a really fun exercise that you can go through with your partner, someone you're dating, your family members, your friends, and it's a really cool way to get to know someone. So Mandy Len Catron's modern love essay, as Lee mentioned, to fall in love with anyone, do this. She refers to a study done by a psychologist named Arthur Aaron, which explores whether intimacy between two strangers can be accelerated by each person asking the other a series of specific personal questions. And one of the study's authors even said that One key pattern associated with the development of a close relationship among peers is sustained, escalating, reciprocal, personal self-disclosure. Even Mandy Len Catron and her friend also tried staring into each other's eyes for four minutes before asking these questions with the suggested duration ranging from two to four minutes. And she even said that two is enough to be terrified and four really goes somewhere. (laughs) So Lee, I want to know, how did you get introduced to the 36 questions that lead to love? Because all I remember is that in theater school, you came up to me one day and you're like, Vatan, we're going to do these questions. We're going to ask each other (laughs) these 36 questions. And I remember this fond memory of us sitting in a cafe asking each other these questions. And I was so weirded out by this because I'm like, we've always had deep, meaningful conversations, but I want to know how did you get introduced to it and what sparked it and your whole experience? Tell me. Well, first of all, I do want to touch on what you said with the eye contact, you know, experiment. I've done that in an acting course in Vancouver. Uh, It was Tarlington training and we had to stand across the room from an actor and gaze into their eyes. And I mean, they're right after two minutes. Like I remember I started like kind of nervously laughing. I started crying a little bit. And then by like the five minute mark, I was like, I'm in love with this person. It did help that he was hot, but you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) of course. So the question specifically though, I don't remember exactly who told me about it, but it was, as you said, in university in our bachelor's degree. And It had to have been a female classmate of mine um, that just sort of suggested them to me, said they were a lot of fun to do. And yeah, I remember doing them with you. I I did them with another couple girlfriends. I did it with a couple of guys. I did it with my mom. I did it with guys that I was actually seeing. And I've done it with my current partner today. Wow. And 
I just, I, yeah, I really, I think I do believe in them a lot. The questions are set up in, as you said, three series and each series of 12 questions gets more and more in-depth and introspective. So they start off nice and light, sort of asking like, for example, I think the very first question is, you know, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? So that's pretty easy. That's, you know, nice, nice and light dinner yeah. conversation to get into. It's like, oh, you know, hmm, who would I want? Oh, maybe, ooh, uh, Zac Efron. Ooh la la. You know, it's not, it's not like asking you right away, like, what's your biggest fear? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and so it slowly eases you into those more deep questions that you don't even realize it's happening. And you slowly are more and more vulnerable with each other. And it, it just allows people to open up rather than some people are really terrified of deep conversations. If you start asking those, those deeper uh, questions, they clam up. They're like, ah, this is awkward. I don't want to talk about this stuff. And, and I've always found that this is, it works. I mean, for the guys, maybe they're just trying to get in my pants, but like, maybe that's why they decided to go along with it and do it. But for the most part, I felt like that everyone I did it with, they were so genuine in their answers. And I think people really do like to be asked questions about themselves. So it's kind of like you're giving each other an interview. So, I mean, that's one of the main things that I have always loved about it. Yeah, it's really interesting how those three sets of questions really get, you know, they probe deeper and deeper. Like the last set was about death, I think. Like if you had to die and like, what would you do? Or like, it, it really gets you thinking. And I really don't agree with what you just said that maybe those guys just want to get into your pants. Honestly, these are 36 questions, 36. <laughs> if, if, if you're not doing it genuinely, I think you would give up after the fourth question because both the people who are asking the questions, it asks of you to have this shared mutual vulnerability and that mutual vulnerability rather than just one person just sharing about their life story and all this and that that fosters a specific type of closeness and intimacy whether it is in a in a romantic relationship or not mm -hmm. i find really interesting is that in our society we are attracted to the instantaneous the quick the fast we scroll on facebook and instagram until we see something interesting that captivates our attention but rarely do we pose questions about what we see we merely just want to be entertained we just merely just want you know just things just to please us rather than being detectives of our content and people i feel are not at least this is my experience very few people actually want to probe deeper and want to actually have those meaningful conversations and maybe that is why we live in in an age where there is so much disinformation and misinformation because people don't want to get to the next level and get deep and uncomfortable with their questions, you know? Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I would argue the opposite. I do think people want to have those conversations. I think they just don't know how. And I think, Fair. and I think in a world where you like, like you said, we do live in a very superficial world, swipe, 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 uh, double tap if it's hot or not, you know, it, so yes, you do get this instant gratification. You are getting content all the time. And there isn't anything really within that content that uh, requires you to delve deep. 
And I think that people do end up craving it at the end of the day. Have you ever been on your phone and you've just been scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and you don't even notice the time passing by. And at some point, hopefully your mind says, what am I doing? And, and you're just, and you're just sitting there like, man, I, I could have been on the phone with someone. I could have been at the park talking to my friends. I could have been meeting up with someone and going, you know, roller skating, or if, if it wasn't COVID times, grabbing a drink or whatever Our, I think humans do crave that human connection. And I think the social media and the, I mean, social content world we live in, it's just a, it's just a representation of the time, but I don't think it does. It takes away from our desire for human deep connection. You're right. I think social media and all our apps and everything, they do cater to that sort of egoistic kind of pleasure desire. However, you're right. We, we are left empty at the end of the day because that void cannot be filled with just meaningless bullshit. You know, excuse my language. We do actually crave you know, that closeness, we want to be deeper. And I think you're so right, exactly when you played devil's advocate with me, that they just don't know how to. Mm -hmm. And I believe that these 36 questions that lead to love really is a gateway for people who may not know how to get uh, or, or segue from that small talk kind of conversation into a more substantive talk. And these questions really help that person. Have you ever had friendships with people that you've never had deep conversations with? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say they probably didn't last. All of my good close friends today, I've, I've like, you know, air quotes, seen into their souls. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've been in the trenches with them. I've, you know, held the girl's hair back over the toilet, you know, hold my, my best friend while <laughs> she's crying over a guy, you know, like, yeah, I've been there. So, and I know that person, but for the most part, I don't, I don't seek out superficial friendships or, or companions. Um, and so off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone right now, but I'm sure there has been in the past, but what I wanted to touch on earlier too, is like we were saying, I think we are kind of that in-between generation the in-between mm -hmm. generation where we knew life without technology and we also know life with it because it came and sort of really infiltrated our lives in middle, middle school. school. Yeah. So we know what it was like before. I have, I have memories and I also have horrible memories with it. You know, in high school, middle school is a horrible time for that stuff to be introduced, but say la vie. But kids today, Gen Z's, even younger now, the Gen Alphas, they don't know life without it. So for them, it's very difficult for them to go to these places because their lives have been constant, constant swiping, scrolling, swiping, just, you know, quick six seconds. If you don't have someone's attention, they're gone. They're over it. So yeah. these questions, so these questions are as like, as we we're just talking about, they help them to get there. You know, if you saw that first question, who would you want as a dinner guest? That's something you might see on like a TikTok, you know, who would you have as a dinner guest? And like, they're like choosing like hot men to display in the next like montage and it makes someone laugh. And then they're going, Hmm, I wonder who I would want, you know? Yeah. Um, so that is a great sort of question. It's fun. You could have anyone in the world to come sit with you for dinner. That's a really cool, like fun idea to start off with. It's not scary territory there, you really can't have a wrong answer here. And you get to see, you know, a little bit of insight into someone else. 
I usually say some sort of famous actor or director. I just, you know, the arts world, it's very intriguing to me. Um, and then I've had people who've told me they would like to sit down with a president or with an inventor. And that just kind of gets you thinking about, huh, so this person would like to have dinner with someone where the conversation would be very intellectual. You know, like I think I had once said, cause I think it's at anyone in the world. I asked, I think I asked the partner, can they be dead or alive? And we kind of just said, whatever. And I was like, man, Robin Williams, that would be amazing. Just, mm. I just want to be sitting there. I want to be like the noodles are coming out of my nose because I'm laughing so hard, you know? But I just, I think that's that even just that first question, you get to know a lot about someone based on who they choose. Exactly. I, I think that having these kind of conversations and asking these kind of questions are the key to growth, development, and overall happiness. Meaningful conversations and meaningful questions have a significant impact on maintaining healthy relationships with people. Relationships that are permanent rather than temporary. Relationships that encourage rather than just discourage. I believe these 36 questions that lead to love specifically enhance one's active listening their ability to empathize, their ability to open up and be vulnerable. And this is how you figure out the other person's thinking process so that you can determine if you have aligned values and morals. You know, I, I believe when you don't have these conversations, when you don't ask these kind of questions, you really just don't know that person that well. I actually personally ha have been shocked by people that I've met and, and certain friends that those friendships have not really lasted, but people who don't really enjoy having these kind of conversations and asking these kind of questions, because in almost all of my friendships, I have fostered people with whom that I've cultivated a deep conversation and has made my relationship with them stronger. Look at our relationship, no matter how often I see that person, I can always remember a sort of fond memory of them. However, people with whom that I've only talked about, you know, what is going on around in the world rather than actually probing into the unknown and the road that is less traveled, why is that, you know, event happening? What can I learn from this event that's happening rather than just talking about certain superficial stuff? I just think that it encourages healthy relationships. And I'm really grateful to you specifically because both you and I are extremely deep people. I, I feel like we get stimulated by those cerebral conversations, that that intellectual you know, side of it all. I want to know, unless you have something to add before I ask you a question, do you have something to add? No, go for it. <laughs> I want to know when you, when you asked Dylan, who's your current boyfriend, these questions, when you were asking each other, actually, these questions... Can you tell me about the experience at the end? Did like, did you love him, you know, that little bit more or how did it help your relationship in general? Well, for me, okay. Now I, I guess I can kind of not, not really going back on, but I do want to say though, I was playing devil's advocate to you. Uh, there are different types of personalities in the world. There are people who do prefer surface level conversations over deep conversations. Uh, you know, my dad is one of those people and that doesn't make them bad. That doesn't make them, no, no, no. you know, they just don't like to, they, I don't think it's even about liking. They just don't know, you know, they don't know how to get there and they don't really know, you know, since there's sort of that, I don't know how it's kind of awkward and there's some trepidation with it. So 
I think Dylan is also kind of one of those people. Um, and we do have great conversations, but the, his willingness to do it with me first off meant a lot because this is sort of territory that he probably doesn't go into very often. It's outside of his comfort zone. Exactly. And he was willing to take that step for me because I, I really do love these questions and believe in them. And it was great with him because I think I had only been dating him for maybe six months to a year at the time. Um, but like, guys, my point here is I did this with my mother who I've known my entire life and I still learned something. It's just insane. So, I mean, when you're doing it with someone who you're dating, you've just met, you know, even, even a friend, whatever, it's like, uh, yeah, of course you're going to learn stuff. Cause you might know you, you might think, you know, someone, but there's so much in these questions that you wouldn't think to ask someone. And we're going to give some examples of some of the questions later on when we play our game at the end. Uh, so I don't want to give them all away now, but you know, there's just, there's just so much that it, it, it digs into that it doesn't come up in everyday conversation when you're hanging out with your friends, when you're, when you're seeing your boyfriend, like how often do you, you know, sit across the dinner table from your boyfriend and ask them like, you know, what was the worst day in your life or something like that? It's like, what? That's not exactly dinner conversation, you know? Yeah, it is. And oftentimes it's like, oh, how was your day? Oh, great. You know, what did you do? Oh, awesome. And what are we going to watch tonight? Oh, cool. And it's like, all superficial you know, little like, you know, chit chats. Yeah. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we also get into the ebbs and flows and the uh, rep, uh, not repetition, but your routine, your daily routine. And which is mundane. <laughs> well, especially during COVID, but yeah, you know, so what was your question? No, like how did it help your relationship with Dylan? Mm. You, you did mention the fact that he was willing to do this meant a lot because he was coming out of his comfort zone. He's not used to stuff like this, but did you learn something about him that you didn't know before? I did. I mean, I did. I learned, I learned a lot. I don't, I'm not going to share any of <laughs> Oh, of course not personal, uh, you know, information, but um, was it shocking to you what you learned? No, for, okay. you know, it's weird for some people, what they tell me, um, I, I do kind of go, huh, I would have never thought that, but Dylan, I've always had it sort of good idea. And this is where we get down to those like energies thing that I, you know, that I'm always into. I've always felt like I have a good idea of who he is and everything he was telling me, I just, you know, I was nodding. And again, like, the thing that meant the most to me was the fact that he could open up and that he was yeah. willing to do the exercise. Yeah. I mean, there was probably some fat, it, it was honestly like a year ago now. So I don't really remember his answers unless I specifically looked through them again. But what I said earlier that deep conversations are the key to growth development and overall happiness. I want to go into that. The overall happiness part. I recently read a study on psychology which was published in the journal Psychological Science. And there's a psychologist, Matthias Mel, that created a study to research happiness and deep conversations. And college students wore an electronically activated recorder with them for a period of four days with a microphone, capturing 30 second snippets of conversations every 12 minutes. And this conversational diary, so as to say, was then further categorized as small talk pertaining either to weather or some TV show that you watched or substantive deep conversations such as philosophy, world affairs. And it was carefully 
categorized. Like, let's say if a conversation was about a TV show's characters and its motivations, that was a deep conversation. It's not just, oh, I really like this character and this and that. And the conclusions that were drawn that one third of the conversations were substantive, one fifth were idle small talk and chit chat, and the rest just couldn't be categorized. And they said that the happiest person based on self-reports had twice as many deep conversations and only a third small talk as the unhappiest person. And every other happy person had about 46% of their day conversations being deep. Now, it's not clear if having deep substantive conversations leads to happiness or happy people have more deep conversations. I want to know from you, when you have a deep conversation, does that lift your spirits? Does that make you a happier person? What can you tell me about your own experience? It's like you said earlier, you, the friendships you've kept, the friendships that you can think back to the person and remember a specific conversation you've once had with them. Well, clearly those specific conversations you once had with them were ones that were deep. And, and I, I completely agree. I have very special moments in my mind that I have shared with all of my close friends, all of my family members. And they're usually in the times where it gets very deep. That's, the kind of person I am, and it's, you know, like the study said, when they're not sure if that, uh, if deep conversations lead to happiness or if just, you know, happy people often have them, whatever. But I think there's a natural desire for humans to question their existence, question the world, question the people they surround themselves with. And I think there's usually a desire to talk about it with other people. Um, if you're just questioning it all day in your head and you don't even really get a chance to express yourself, well, you kind of just go crazy. I mean, (laughs) like- It's so true. And that's not to say that, like, look, we talked about this last week. Uh, I'm an extrovert, you're an introvert. So it's not to say that only extroverts can have deep conversations and only they enjoy them because they probably like hearing the sound of their voice. No, I might be more willing to go out of my way and talk about them more often just because I like to talk. But if you're an introvert, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily a surface level person. I don't know what, like, what, what are you, what is your input on that? Being an introvert, like, how do you feel? Because you love deep conversations, but you know, you're not one who goes around just talking all the time. You're right. I really do love deep conversations. I think those are the only kind of conversations that I truly enjoy. I absolutely hate small talk. I really do. And I think that is a sign of my introvertedness. Whenever I do have to meet new people and just talk about idle stuff, I just, I hate it because there is no meaning to it. And I always search the meaning in everything. In terms of me being introverted, I find that I don't go out of my way to have a deep conversation with everyone. I really like to spend that quality time with a person before I probe deeper, just to know if they're even interested in that kind of stuff. Am I even interested to know their own opinions in the, you know, like about the world and, and, and whatnot, because if I'm not interested in the person, I wouldn't go there, but I'm not like you where I could strike a meaningful conversation with just absolutely everybody. It it does ask a lot out of me. However, I do enjoy talking. I know I'm an introverted person. However, whenever I feel confident and assured around that person, I don't care. I can talk for hours. Like 
Mm-hmm. For instance, yes. with you, we we've sat in so many coffee shops around downtown and just sat and talked for hours on end about so many different topics. Mm-hmm. So I think when an introverted person finds their their that significant other that not significant in terms of you know intimate romantic sense, but that other person that completes you in a sense, you're able to open up more. However, yeah. being introverted, you're right, I do sit around and I think a lot. Yeah. I think that may be different than you. You get your thoughts out, you know, mm-hmm. quickly. For me, I sit and I am introspective. So that's yeah. that's my experience. Well, yeah, and 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 it doesn't I don't also that I think that's sort of a good point too is that you as well as two of my other friends uh, ended up having that INTJ Myers Briggs and introvert FJ 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 sorry INFJ no you're right yeah so and, and I think there's a common misconception that like extroverts are loud and obnoxious people and introverts are shy like quiet nerds and it's like <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not so like black and white like that for extroverts I think the difference might be that I like to vocalize my thoughts to sort of if that, if that makes sense, I like to vocalize what I'm thinking to sort of air quotes, hear it better. Yeah. Versus maybe an introvert is they would rather think it through in their head before they speak it out. Yeah. You know? And that's, I mean, that gets me in trouble a lot because I, I just say what I say. Oh yeah. Thinking I how, have witnessed those moments. <laughs> <laughs> people, you know, people where they say, uh, Lee, not everyone thinks that way. I'm like, I know I was just saying, and I'll rephrase it later, but yeah, my, my, the way I speak needs like a three-step editing process, but. Uh. <laughs> you know, I won't go into this, but just just a moment ago, I remembered when you were in that bathroom, and I'm not going to say where, uh, down south, where you talked about a prof of ours, and they were in the bathroom as well. I am <laughs> dying on the inside. Like you are so okay, girl, outspoken, but like, wow. It was not only me who was talking. There were other girls from our class that were also talking. So you know what? Uh, like, there, that's you know what? Externalize the blame. But like, <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> that moment killed me. When you first told me about it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, uh, no, no, no. I mean, warranted, but whatever. What I wanted to say though, was that uh, this is also another, like you said, I don't like just going up to someone at a party and trying to get to know them through small talk. Don't get it confused. I, I mean, I do enjoy doing that, but I don't like doing it a lot. You know what I like doing at a party? I like to play Never Have I Ever. And I'm, I'm the person that's going to be like, okay, everyone, we're playing Never Have I Ever. And you know why? Because it automatically forces people to get into deep conversations. You put your fingers up. Okay. Never have I ever done heroin. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going there. (laughs) But let's say like, never have I ever like danced on a stripper's pole or something like that. And then like, you know, people who put their finger down or never have I ever like been caught having sex by my parents or something like that. People put their finger down. It's like, oh, there's a story there. Now you got to tell us, like, tell us the story. And then they automatically are like, ha ha. It's so true. You know, I mean, party situations are different. People are drinking. They're a little bit more vulnerable to disclose (laughs) information like that. But that's another good thing. If you are with someone who's like kind of hesitant to do these questions with you, you know, crack a bottle of wine, have, have a glass, you know, loosen up a bit and and make it fun. It doesn't have to be serious. The questions are quite fun. And what I also wanted to say was that (laughs) you and I are, you and I are actors 
And I think that also plays a role into why we love deep conversation, because just think about it. None of the TV shows, none of the movies, I mean, okay, maybe there are some TV shows about like family uh, like circumstances, but they're not boring. They're not monotonous. They're not day to day. Like it's everything you see on TVs, films, theater. It's all, it's all very interesting. There's a rising action. There's a climax and a resolution. It's not day-to-day life. That's not why you go to the theater. That's not why you go to the movie theaters to be, you go to be entertained. And so when we are with people, I think we do crave that, like, kind of want to be entertained. Like, tell me about yourself. Like, tell me what makes you so interesting as a person. That stuff gets me going. It's so true. I mean, I want to comment on earlier before I have actually been on a stripper pole because when you go to the gay village there's this bar where like you legit like people just go on and just you know take pictures up there so if you've never been on a stripper pole just go to the gay village in Toronto please like you know hit it up in terms of the alcohol and stuff like let's not feed into people's alcoholism because like this COVID-19 is like like you know like destroyed some people but you're right have something to loosen yourself up with because I believe specifically as an introvert, games are a great way to break the ice. Games have a meaning, okay? And introverts love meaning. At least I'm an introvert that loves meaning. So a game is much better than just having this like little tiny kind of conversation with just one person and just like wondering where it's going. So whenever I've been at a at any sort of party where I felt like hesitant to start that conversation, whenever someone brings out the idea let's play a game I'm so into it because you're right you get to learn so much about other people and afterwards when the game has ended you have so many talking points yeah like you that you can ask that person about yeah yeah now you can go up to Vitan and you could be like so I heard you were on a A stripper stripper pole like let's see a little demo yeah you know (laughs) like like let me show you your like my moves yeah and that's, I think, one of the big things that people hate about, well, maybe for you specifically, that you hate small talk is because it's so awkward and it's like you haven't broken that ice yet. These questions help to break that ice. Games help to break the ice. So it's true. It's true. That's, that's what it is. I think this is a good time to segue into our game. Yeah. And I think you had a great idea. Each of us choose three questions that, from those 36 questions that lead to love and ask each other those questions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this game, we want to encourage everyone out there that's listening to go online, type in those 36 questions that lead to love and just find someone that you can ask, you know, these questions to and that they can ask you those questions back so that you can learn more about that other person, you know, have something more that you can connect with. And it's like I said, like, you don't have to do it with someone you're seeing. I know it's COVID. You're probably not seeing anyone right now. So you do it with your parents, do it with your siblings, do it with your roommates, your friends, whatever. Everyone. Do, do, it, do it with someone on the phone. Like, it's just something to do, especially during times like this, where it's the same thing day after day after day. Spice up your life, man. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, and yes, we are going to ask each other three questions and we're going to choose one question from each category. So let's, let's do our, our first set questions, then our second, and then our third. We'll get a little deeper as we go along, as the questions are intended. So Lee, why don't you go first? Okay. So typically the way this game works, obviously, is uh, you go back and forth. One person asks, then the other person asks. 
but you both have to answer the question. That's, I mean, that's how you get to know each other. And you don't want it to be unfair where only they give you information or only you're giving information. So you both answer. Okay. So for my first question, I will ask it, you will answer first, and then I will answer. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? I would rather have the mind. I think that like as you age, the mind gets slow and everything. And some people's minds have Alzheimer's and dementia. So I'd like to have the mind of a 30 year old because I know that I'll be happiest like that the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Part of me thinks like I'd kind of want to have the body because (laughs) I think if I have the body, I can go around, I can do things. I can, you know, I can live my best life. And if my mind is like going, whatever, you know, I'll just be at these, I'll just be at these raves, not knowing who anyone is or why I'm there, but I'll just, but can you even remember the experience? (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're, uh, it's a tough, but see, that's a tough question. I think before I've said mind, but I want to switch it up a bit. I don't know. Because if you have a young mind, I feel like then you can yeah, but what if motivate you have a yourself young, to work out. But, but what, what if you have a young mind and then you have this old decrepit body that's holding you back and you can't really end up doing anything? I mean, you get to still sit around and have those deep conversations, but I can't go like do anything because my body hurts. I'm still I'm be stick- at those raves with my wheelchair or my walker. <laughs> sticking with my body you stick with your mind you know what yeah (laughs) okay ask yours when did you last sing to yourself and what about to someone else i last sang to myself when i was just in the shower i (laughs) dude i sing all the time like i again we're actors like i love singing it just feels like it's such a great release um and i was singing to taylor swift's folklore uh, album the last time i sang to someone else i don't know like like giving them a performance or can they just be in the same room? <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Well, if it's in there, if they're like in the same room as me, like, I don't know, last night, I like, I'm always singing. And if they're around, I'm, they hear it. If we're actually talking about, I gave a, a singing performance, it would probably be 2017. <laughs> I, I sang, I sang, um, I dreamed a dream from Les Mis, uh, for a church a concert thing got paid got paid four hundred dollars for it so oh wow congratulations yeah thanks (laughs) what about you well like you said i sing as well in the shower i i think i sang last night in the shower i'm singing all the time i love singing and what was i singing well i think you can guess my jewish Oh my music. God. <laughs> but it's so, you know what, people? I don't understand it. I don't understand my obsession with this. I, I really don't understand it. Like, I have. What's the taste? No, no. <laughs> but it was, um, it was a few songs. So it was an album of like these prayers, but they're sung so well and so melodically. It's like it's not even a prayer. To someone else, I think. A month ago, I was at a birthday party for this family friend of ours, and I sang to her, basically, uh, with her daughter, because her daughter is a opera singer, and so we both sang this duet together. Oh, wow. Fun. Yeah, so that was was me, yeah. Okay, Uh, set two. Okay, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Yeah, I've dreamed of 
going to the Oscars and standing up and giving my speech for a movie that I did. Why haven't I done it? Well, <laughs> well don't realize how amazing I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I've dreamt about. I, why haven't I done it? Because I haven't done it. Like I, I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, I just haven't done it. I haven't gone, I haven't done a movie that big you know in order for me to win an oscar for it or be nominated for an oscar so that's that's what i have yeah dreamt fair fair enough yeah mine is yeah mine's similar i think uh i would like to make a movie Mm -hmm. uh you know starring me and any of my other friends who want to slide into it as well i would i would love to showcase myself and my friends talent i think me and all of my acting friends I know are incredibly talented and to throw us all into a movie together would be so goddamn sick. I don't know why it hasn't happened. Why haven't I done it yet? Um, because people don't realize how great you are. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I, I, I have other stuff I'm doing right now. Maybe I'll get to that. I, you know, I think it would be difficult is that if I wanted to put all of our friends that are actors into the same movie, I'd have to come up with some pretty elaborate script. Like, I don't know how to get that many characters into it. You know what I'm saying? But I'll, I'll try. I'll I try. For all, for all of you acting friends out there, don't think I've forgotten about you. I, I want to represent everybody. You know what? I want to I want to revise my answer. I want to be with you on that project as well. I would also like to produce a, a movie I would probably not direct and write it, but I would love to produce it and showcase all our friends because a lot of your friends are my friends mm-hmm. and vice that's versa. A- so, yeah. Well, and that's another big thing too. Uh, why haven't I done it? The question shouldn't be, why haven't I done it? It would be more, I think it would be better if I asked, why haven't we done it? We done it, yeah. I think to say, to say I'm going to make a movie and put it all on yourself, good luck. Like movies, people don't realize it. It's a team. It's a it's team effort. Such a it's team, team effort. Yeah. Like there's there's no you you do it all. It's like, okay, I might write the script. And even then, oftentimes there's more than one script writer. So it's like, you know, I maybe I'll pitch it. I'll I'll start a Facebook group chat, be like, yo, no, I know it's been a long time, but <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, set three. It's my it's my turn, right? To oh, ask right, you true. from set two. So what is your most treasured memory? This one always stumps me, man, because and I've said this before, say it again. The, the question that follows this for all the listeners out there is what is, your mo- what is your most terrible memory? And for me, that one is so much easier to answer because my life has been luckily mostly good. So remembering the bad parts is quite easy because they're far and few between. But in a life that's been mostly good, it's so hard to choose like the best of amazing, you know? So oh, my most treasured memory. I feel like if I died... If I was like dying, all of these treasured memories would flash before my eyes like it does in the movie. And then I would finally be able to answer this question. But like, uh, well, of course, I, I just I don't know, man. Um, uh, the first time I the first time I kissed Dylan at Alesso, that was super special for me. Uh, the when oh. when I when I when I put on my own play and my parents gave me a the best director mug and they were like we're so proud of you like you know when my uh when my brothers put in all those hours playing with me as a little kid you know all of the precious moments i have with my childhood best friends just 
bike riding around linden woods and getting it up to random shenanigans going and getting penny candies from the you know com- the community center all of the plays we did at ryerson there's too many it's just for me i can't narrow it down to one memory so sorry it's a cop-out answer but what about you it's not a cop-out i would say the same i am so blessed with my life yes i have gone through trials and tribulations but i have had blessings around every corner and what i would say about my life is first and foremost when my mom finalized her divorce amazing moment when I became valedictorian of my high school, when I became valedictorian of my university, when I got into a typical school of the arts, the arts high school that I auditioned for, then when I got into Ryerson Theater School, there are so many great memories that I've had producing your play, in fact, because I got so much confidence. You, you first of all, gave it to me out of nowhere. And you're like, you know what, Vitan, you're going to be this producer and blah, blah, blah. And I never produced ever in my life. I never knew, like, I didn't know what to do. And that just gave me so much confidence and really just made our relationship much better. So that, yeah, like there's so many memories, even actually to be devil's advocate, even if there was a movie that played all my treasured memories, I still won't be able to pick because they're all, they're treasured memories. They're not just one treasured memory, at least for me. So I think we can segue to the third set of questions. And we're going to choose two from this category? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully they don't overlap. If they do, I mean, we can choose something else. I'll choose something else, whatever. Okay. When did you last cry in front of another person? Stop. And by yourself? A week ago. A week ago, I cried in front of another person. And that was for the first time in a long time. We were on a hike up north and it was not my mom. I can't really even get into the whole conversation because it's 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 so personal. One day maybe I might, but it's like related to a family thing. And yeah, I, I just bawled my eyes out for, I think, 35 seconds. I gave myself half a minute and I was like, that's it. I, I, I can't go on <laughs> to, however, what about by myself? Oh my gosh. I think it's been a year. It's been a year since I cried by myself. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. I, I don't. Okay. Saying that I don't repress my feelings though. I do feel a lot. I'm, I'm a huge feeler. That's how I get through life. I just feel a lot and I just have not cried that often. Mm. I mean, I don't think that's, you know, uncommon, especially for men. Um, Fair. You know, I, for me, the answer is like so different. I mean, I cry all the time. I don't know. Wait, are you serious? I don't know if that's because I'm a woman or because I'm a Pisces and I just I, everything, man. I watch The Lion King bawling. I watch oh, okay. literally any movie. I'll just start crying. I'm like, <laughs> I feel it so much. I'm such an em- empath that any little I watch TikToks and I start crying because there's something so sad or so cute. It's just like, oh, you know, they like the like show like you know, these little, these like animal, these two little, like a dog and a cat. And when they were like the cat or like the dog was like a puppy and the cat was like older and then they're like getting older and then the one's like gone. And then it's, you know, they're missing their friend. And I'm just like sobbing over here over my phone. Like, (laughs) it's so sad. His friend's gone. So my point here is (laughs) the last time I cried in front of someone last night, we were watching Scandal. Yes. Scandal. And Melly, if anyone's seen that movie show, 
Melly sobbed. She she had to go. I think she had to go put on a dress after her son had just been like murdered. And she goes and has to be at the like State of the Union address for her husband, who's president. And then afterwards, as she's like coming out of the hall, she like starts shaking and like rips off her pearl necklace and like falls to the floor and is just sobbing because like that's the most she's had to like be fake and pretend that she was doing okay when she's really still not okay from the grief and I was just crying and like Dylan's like oh babe it's okay and I was like I've never even had a son I'm just like over here um (laughs) and then thank you for that you know those deets and then my my, by by myself uh I don't know whenever I'm PMSing I usually start thinking about (laughs) actually probably well I don't know if I dropped any tears last night but I was I was PMSing and uh I was thinking about yeah, I was thinking delicious. about pet- <laughs> nothing happens during a PMS patan. It's saying delicious. <laughs> it's premenstrual. But anyways, I was thinking about the past and high school. And apparently, if you go on Facebook, <laughs> you can find every conversation you have ever had with someone. Facebook doesn't delete anything. So of if you, course. You look up someone's name, even if you're not friends with them anymore, you can still see all the conversations you had with them at one point. Unless, of course, you've blocked them. So I was like, somehow, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think it was one of those cut YouTube videos. It led me down this path to, to look into this. And I found some conversations between me and like some of the guys I had from high school. And it triggered me, just really triggered me and sent me over the edge. Because like, I wish I had someone who had stood up for me back then because it was rough. But anyway, so... I was feeling some feels about that last night. Okay. I, I, the fact that you just mentioned a TV show and everything, I have to share this. Last night I watched a Grey's Anatomy episode where Meredith is helping this patient who then experiences a tonic-clonic seizure. And after that seizure, medically speaking, usually those people's brains, they turn to aggressive, violent behavior for a period of time afterwards, which then they forget. And that patient, she was left alone with the blinds down and everything. And this patient rips her apart, breaks her head, breaks her ribs. She's just, she's thrown in all sides. And I am, I almost cried because I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, so you're a medical professional. You're here to help someone. And they just destroy you. And she had to have her her jaw wired for months on end. She had to be put into re- rehabilitation for several weeks. And that just like that made me feel for her, but I didn't cry. It's it's weird that I didn't cry because I, I love Meredith. So I just wanted to share that story because Yeah, it's fair yeah. enough. Good show. I don't think I saw that episode. That you must be later in the season uh so 12 i think yeah okay okay so, it's my turn oh go okay i love you like Vatan. thank you <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> um if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone what would you most regret not having told someone why haven't you told them yet this is another difficult question for an extrovert because i often do express how i feel you know like i've had a lot of people take this quiz and say to me like oh I wish I had told that person I love them or I wish I had told my like dad I love them like ah why don't you tell them that do that more often I do it all the time like I'm I'm also pretty vocal about how much I care about my friends and I would hope that if I died today they would all be like man she was solid and we know that we were really loved by her 
Have you said everything you've ever wanted to say to everyone? You know what? I, maybe I could go back on the feelings I was having last night. And maybe I could just sort of say to some of those people from high school um, that they really did hurt me. And that took wow. me a, that took me a while to get over. And there are times where I'm brought back to those moments and it does really suck. And I just wish I had received an apology from them. That's wow. what I would say. You, you raise a really great point right there. This is what I love about our friendship is that everything that I have not thought about, you've thought about it already and said it. And I just hop on that bandwagon there uh, in high school, there were these two individuals that ironically and paradoxically, I was friends with them and they made fun of my accent. They would, they would say, Oh, hello, I'm the 10th prof chef and this and that. And I'm, and, and they would constantly say that. And I, f- funny enough, I would try to laugh at it because I didn't want to bring so much attention to my insecurity over it. I never even knew I had an accent to begin with until I stepped into high school. Uh, And I was so taken aback by all of it that I never had the chance to really tell them. And right now I think it's the chance to say that, yeah, like you guys really hurt me. And it did leave a scar for a very long time. I was constantly ashamed of my voice, ashamed of how I sounded. And even though you may not think it may hurt someone, imagine if someone made fun of whatever, you mm. know, albeit a birthmark or someone's weight or anything, you would feel hurtful, right? I mean, you would yeah. feel hurt. So yeah, um, that's what I would have said. So yeah, that's that's something that I regret. Yeah. And you know, I, I like in saying that, I, I, I should probably state for the record that I've not always been a saint. I was not always the nicest kid when I was young, but in all of the instances where I might've hurt someone's feelings or, you know, messed around with them when I was younger, I'm pretty sure I've apologized to each, each and each and every one of those people. So that is my thing that you, I'm not saying you're going to be, you have to be a bad guy forever, but take responsibility for the way that you make people feel, you know, and just fucking, be, be a good person. Cause I mean, kids suck. That's kind of the bottom line of it. And it's rough in high school, especially because that's when they really suck and they just go out of their way to make your day shitty. And they think it's all a big joke and it's all funny. And then they don't even realize how much of a scar that leaves. So yeah. I think as people, hopefully when they mature and become adults, I hope they do reflect back on those times from high school and they think, man, I was a dick back then. And maybe one day I'll hear from them. Maybe not. But yeah, I'm glad we we got that off our chest. Yeah, same. Okay, last one from me. I'm going to end it on a positive note because it's getting depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not editing that out. I think that's great. No, keep that in. That's funny. But the you see, it's funny. You don't want to end it on such a dark note, but the third set of questions are all kind of they're dark. <laughs> they're dark, except the first two of that third set. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time. Saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Tell me how great I am. <laughs> oh, you already know this. Okay. Yeah, but so, the viewers don't. Our listeners. <laughs> well, to all the listeners out there, every week I call Lee up and I compliment her on how amazing she is as a friend to me. So first of all, I really appreciate my friendship with you. I really uh, cherish my friendship with you because you have grown so much and you've made me grow. 
You make me laugh so much. You are such an inspiring, strong woman who embraces her own independence in this world. And you, you embrace everything, you just every experience that you've gone through, you just take it in wholeheartedly and you own it. And that inspires me. And I aspire to be like you all the time. You're just amazingly like <laughs> you, you're like, I don't know what to say. You articulate your thoughts so well, you are so great at making friends and, and by proxy, I've made friends with your friends and I'm thankful to you for that. You, you've allowed me to explore a new side of music that I've never explored before, EDM. I, I've never been to raves, you know, without you being there. You are, you're such an amazing person. I, I can't think of another synonym. You're just so- you're So amazing. You're just so amazing. But it's so <laughs> true. Like, like, I'm not going to cry right now, but I, I, you're, you're such a great person and you've taught me so much. I know that that's about me, but like, it's, 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 it's so true. You, you've made me a stronger person, a more confident person. And yeah, I, I can go on for days, but you're just an incredible human being. And yeah, may God bless you. Oh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> I needed that today. Okay. Now my turn to to sugar you up, <laughs> uh, to butter you up. That's the phrase. <laughs> You're going to articulate this so well because of your <laughs> extrovertedness. You're like, I, I already thought it out. I honestly, like when I approach this question, I feel like you got to think like, um, what am I going to say? What what would I say about this person if I was like giving a speech at their funeral, you know, or, or even a speech at their wedding? We'll keep it on a happier note, but oh, Vatan. Okay. So <laughs> you are a tireless best friend. Ever since we first met each other, you made it your mission to befriend me. And I don't know why, because apparently everyone else in our class thought I was an asshole. So, you know, they're like, this girl is stuck up. She's all, she, she keeps talking about this Disney movie she was on. And Vitan was like, that bitch is going to be my best friend. <laughs> and I, I admire that perseverance because I was going through a lot of, you know, I was going through some shit in first year. And the fact that you wanted to continue like to pursue us being friends means meant a lot first of all second i think that you're such a chameleon in that everybody likes you i mean maybe there's one or two people out there i can't really think of anyone right now but i know i got enemies because you know we already talked about my big mouth and how it gets me into trouble but you are just so tactful in everything you say and you know how to play your cards you know what to say to people I love your sass. I love your, your little fucking mannerisms. They're so funny. Every time you are like a, how do we say that? Every time you're like a, what is that show you used to watch? True Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever. The real housewives. There you go. That's the one you would like come into class, see someone you'd be like, Oh, nice outfit. <laughs> and <you're> just like, <laughs> and I knew, and I don't know, they might be like, Oh really? Thank you. Oh my God. That's so nice. You pretend I'm like, Oh, he is judging you hard. And like, I love that you have dark humor that you and I laugh at the darkest of shit together. I've always been the kind of person who wants a, like a true strong best friend rather than having like many you know kind of close friends and you were that for me throughout theater school you were so goddamn loyal you stood up for me when I wasn't around 
which means a lot. Uh, you're intelligent. You helped me throughout so much of theater school. My God, like, wow. I don't think I would have graduated if it wasn't for you. And I, again, yeah, we can circle back to the deep conversations we always had. You know, we, I didn't even have to question about whether you would be there. It was like, Lee, I'm going to be at your house in two minutes. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, I just, I, I like having friends that are just going to always be there. They're just always coming over. Don't even have to, you, you would just walk in. You didn't even knock like, and you would help yourself to what, you know, make a tea for us. You know, that that's, that's the shit that I think back to at the end of the day that you and I are just like, we're just two peas in a pod, man. We're just, we were sorry, ladies, but we were the dynamic duo of our class. We were <laughs> We were inseparable and everybody know it. So and still are and still, and still are. are. Wow. You knocked it out of the park. Like I, oh, wow. I, I appreciate that so much. Wow. I'm, I, I'm taking it in. I'm taking it in. I'm receiving it all. Wow. So what do the Jewish people say when they, when they, when they say cheers? Lachaim. Lachaim, Vitan. Lachaim, Lee. Ah, oh, that's like, you know, that means a lot to me. Like, I, wow, wow. I, I think. I, I'm sure I missed a ton. It's, it's one of those oh, things. Oh, shut that- up. I probably missed a hundred. Like, like, I kept on saying amazing. You're just, oh, I, I just, I'm so happy about this friend. Like, I'm so happy with this friendship. It's just, I, I cannot even express it in words. It's just, this friendship means a lot to me and you mean a lot to me. And, and you're just such an, like, you're such an intelligent person. You are so, your strength, like, I even think sometimes you don't even know how strong you are. You are just, yeah, it's. I'm so happy hearing that. Cause yeah, you're right. Like living in my body and my experience, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And then like, when everyone's like, man, she's just so strong. I'm like, good. The disguise, the mask is working. Like That's what I want y'all to see. But I also want to go back to one of those questions you asked before. Another special memory, precious memory. It just made me think of it now that we were talking about you was when I was moving out uh, from jazz on church street, we sat in our, my empty bachelor apartment. We sat on the bare floor with nothing in there. We looked around and we were just pointing out different areas of the room, all the memories we shared there together. And we shared so many firsts like the first time I ever did something in, I'm not, I'm not going to name the, the somethings. Um, but the first time we ever did stuff together. And that was a really special moment for me. Our friendship has lasted so long and we've experienced so much together that like, I wish I could just take all these thoughts that I have and these feelings of all the experiences with you and just clump them you know, in some sort of conglomerated ball and just give it to you. So you can just feel it all because it's, it's so (laughs) incredible. It's, it's such a feeling of elation that I experience around you that I cannot describe it. Like it's, it's probably like the only way that I can really draw a parallel to is like someone's spiritual awakening. Like that's the type of elation that I feel around you. It's, it's great. I, I swear if, if, okay, question, if I was straight, would you have dated me or would we have just been just really great friends, best friends? I don't know. I mean, my type has always kind of been like the blonde blue eye kind of thing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Interesting. If we're, yeah. 
because that's the same with me blonde and blue eyes while we are right i think it's natural that we like (laughs) (laughs) we like to go we like to go for the opposites man if we had kids our kids would be way too hairy but i think that's a good thing (laughs) okay final question from me your house containing everything you own catches fire after saving your loved ones and pets you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item what would it be and why this is very easy for me and i'm gonna clump my one item into items that are all the same thing pretty much i'd grab my journals my life journals there's Mm. four of them three that are completely done and one the fourth one is halfway through i started writing them when i was 16 years old if i've ever kissed your lips you are in there boy so (laughs) so it's so true it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a great read. And I, I, those are my memories. It's, it's honestly like my equivalent to having photo albums, even though all your photo albums are on your phone nowadays, it's that for me. And they're just, they're very precious memories and they're written in the age that I was at. So you get to see how my thought process and my character, you know, evolved over time. And it's, yeah, it's 10 years ago. I started writing in those 2011. So yeah, that's definitely what I would be grabbing. You? The only thing that comes to mind right now is that acting report that I got from Ian Watson. May he rest in peace. He really clearly, while talking about crying, like, no, I'm not going to cry. He he really changed my perspective about who I am or more so he gave me insight to who I am and how my overthinking can really ruin my overall reality and my experience with the world and everything, especially my acting. Mm -hmm. And that, that note just, I cherish it so much because there has been no one person who is, I mean, you've talked about this a lot, you know, with me, but there has been no one at least authority figure, like a teacher who's written it out so well Mm -hmm. and taken the time to write it out so well. So that would be one thing that I would save uh, so that I can remind myself that my overthinking just in fact is more so a curse in many moments rather than a blessing. So that'll be the thing that I would miss the most. Yeah. Yeah. RIP. He was great. He honestly, and I remember I went back through my files recently to find mine and same thing. He just, I mean, yours was so well-written. He wrote a lot for me, but didn't like, you know, it was, I don't think I was struggling to understand like who I was as much as you were at that time. So what he wrote was very detailed and very amazing. And compared to a lot of profs who just sort of wrote like one sentence, like he was just dedicated and he was incredible. So yeah. Yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah. Well, may God bless him. I, I think that's a perfect, I think it's a perfect way to end this episode. I think those questions, again, I recommend to all the listeners and followers out there, to really go online, Google search 36 questions that lead to love and do it as Lee has said, with your best friends, your friends, your family members, your aunts and uncles, anybody, your loved ones, such as a, you know, your romantic intimate partners and stuff like that. Do it, just get to know people. It's important to have these kind of deep level conversations and it's important to be vulnerable. And I think Lee and I showed you guys a great example of that, especially during the end part of our podcast episode today. Well, yeah, guys, thanks so much again for listening. Please keep commenting, liking, subscribing, send it to your family, send it to your friends. We want people to listen. And yeah, again, check out 
New York Times article. It's online. You just got to Google 36 questions that lead to love. Hopefully you were thinking of some of your answers while you were listening to uh, our questions today. Uh, but yeah, get that going. I promise you it's a lot of fun. And that's a wrap. Bye. Bye.